Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond, episode number 585 for March 9th, 2019. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest, it's weird to call him a guest, but Bart Bouchotts with Programming by Stealth, uh, installment 72 of X. How are you doing there? Oh, wait, 73? Yeah, yeah, we're one higher than that, yeah. Oh, how did I get off by one? I've got to go check my own counter. Well, the, the funny thing is, in the pre-show, you were dead right. You said, oh, yeah, it's 73, isn't it? And I said, yep. <laughs> it's hard to get good help. I have got to check that because I must have the wrong episode. Nope, you're right. 73 of X. All right. <laughs> it is hard to get good help. So, um I want these episodes more often, Bart. I want to learn. I want to learn. This is so fun. I love it. <laughs> I can't make them any quicker. <laughs> I can barely make them this quick. What do you have, like a full-time job or something? I don't know. Yeah, apparently I'm a wee bit away from retiring. <laughs> apparently. Oh, uh, well, let's... Uh, we should uh, continue to have our fun, though. We should. So today we get to twirl our mustaches. I have been looking forward to doing this episode for a while because... Oh, yay! Mustache templates are fun. And actually, I'm just looking at the logo for Programming by Stealth, and it is amazingly apt, given what we're about to talk about today. Um, oh. Because it's something between curly braces. <laughs> anyway. Which is where the mustache's name came from? It is where the mustache's name came from, because mustache templates have curly braces up the azoo. Ah, okay. So, right. before we get to do right. new stuff, so... Um, last time we sort of introduced the concept of using templates to have reusable chunks of HTML that we could use for, as an example, our toasts. And last time we looked at HTML5 templates, and they're just a way of having a piece of HTML that you can clone, modify, and use. So that was sort of my mantra last time, clone, modify, use, clone, modify, use. But that's that's very task-specific, Right. It's It can only be HTML, and all you get to do with it is clone, modify, and use. But templating is a bigger thing than that. So all of the third-party templating tools, they don't work on chunks of DOM. They work on strings. So a string comes in, some data comes in, the string and the data get mushed together, and out comes the output of your, of your um, template. Does that right. make sense? And then yeah. so you can have the same template with different data and it will come a different output. And you can use templating engines to turn any piece of text into any other piece of text. So if I was doing a coding project for work, the chances are I would have mustache templates for the UI. I would have mustache templates for any sort of pop-up dialogues that come up. I would have mustache templates for log entries that have to be written to syslog. I would have mustache templates for any emails emitted by the system. Basically, any time I need text, I would have mustache templates. Okay. So it's a much, much bigger problem we're solving than we were solving with the HTML5 templates. Um, and... If I'm completely hmm. honest, I never use HTML5 templates in the real world. I just use mustache everywhere. Okay. But, you know, we'll see why in a minute. But before we get to do new stuff, we should briefly revisit our template tags that I'm never going to use again. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned this for no reason? Not for no reason, because you will find it in use. And it is a nice new HTML5 feature. And it does kind of, I don't know, it seems somehow appropriate to walk before we run. A little and, training wheels and then... Yeah, it's, I don't know. It always and seems then go wrong. horseback riding. <laughs> yeah, it, it it seems wrong to jump straight to the end. This is the better solution, and you're going better. Why? Better how? Better than what? So, okay, we probably okay. should. 
So our challenge was simply to rewrite our silly little timer so that instead of it using jQuery to build up our toasts, it instead would use a template so that we can clone, modify, and use our toasts. So I'll use my own finishing point as my starting point. So the first thing I did was I added my template into the document. And the rule is that a template must be a direct child of the body tag or the head tag, right. but body tag in this case. Um, and so I popped one in near the top of the page and it's just basically template ID equals toast underscore TPL because I'm extremely imaginative. Uh, then I gave it all the usual stuff, class toast role status, area atomic, Dave class equals toast header, an empty strong tag where we will fill in the heading later. And then an empty tag or an empty div with the class toast dash body. So before we go on. Mm-hmm. I, I asked Bart uh, whether he forgot something when he said for the div class equals toast, role equals status, he just wrote aria-atomic. And when he taught it to us, he had written aria-atomic equals true. And I asked him, I said, well, you forgot that equals true. And your answer was? And Jill it's, keeps yelling at you. Yeah, well, it was some time ago, this particular episode of, of very polite yelling. Um, <laughs> but initially, yeah, so... My background in HTML was in XHTML, so I had I brought with me some habits from the XHTML world, and we decided that this series was going to be HTML5. And Joe sort of said, "Well, why don't you embrace HTML5? Why don't you actually do things the HTML5 way?" And I was like, yeah, "Okay, you got a point. In fact, you got a really good point." So there are certain attributes in an HTML tag that have to have like a value, like the SRC tag has to have a value. And so there, you're always going to see them as, you know, name of tag space, name of attribute equals, quote, some value, end quote. But there's mm-hmm. a couple of special case ones, the so-called Boolean attributes. And they only actually oh. have basically yes, no, true, false, on, off. They only have a Boolean value. And HTML5 really lets you shorten those. So if you just, what we're actually doing is we want to say the Boolean aria atomic is true. And we can express that meaning a bunch of different ways. So we can express it the old XHTML way. And the XHTML way was really stupid. It was name of attribute equals the name of the attribute as a string. So you would see that in old code as, say, input type equals text, disabled equals disabled. (laughs) You know, option value equals four, selected equals selected. You you may have oh, seen that okay. on code in places, right? That's the old yeah. that's the XHTML way of doing it. I always thought it was dumb, but nonetheless, that was the the habit I got into because I spent years writing XHTML. In HTML five, you can do that for backwards compatibility reasons. That will work. So you could say aria dash atomic equals quote aria dash atomic end quote, and that would work. Ick! Don't do that. HTML five then lets you do it sort of the more explicit way. So you could say aria dash atomic equals true or aria-atomic equals false. So it's a Boolean attribute, and you're using a Boolean value. That is the most logical, the most sane way of expressing it. Yeah. Right. But the shortcut, which I really like, is if you just say the name of the attribute and nothing more, that is implicitly aria-atomic is true. Okay. So if you want it false, you have to say aria-atomic equals false. But they all default to false, you see. So if you want it to be false, just leave it out. Oh, no, 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 no. But if you want it to be obvious, but if you think about it, right, selected, just, you know, 
option name equals whatever, value equals whatever, selected. Right? If you don't say selected, the default isn't that everything in a drop down is selected. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that one, but... Disabled again, right? I'm not aware of a single uh, Boolean attribute that doesn't default to off. So if you leave off aria-atomic, then it'll be aria-atomic equals false. Yeah, because by by default, there is no aria-atomic is only on if you turn it on. Okay. All right. So, I mean, it's actually quite sensible. It, it, to me, it makes nice readable code just to have it, you know, just I want to have this special property on this time. And it works particularly well with like, you know, option, blah, 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 selected. Right, you know, right. Input, type equals blah, disabled. It just reads nice, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, that's HTML5 allowing us to write shorter, cleaner HTML is what's going on there. Well, I'm glad I, th- I uh, thought I caught you at something. Yeah, it was fun. You're like... Shouldn't this be? And I was like, well, it could be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Is I believe how I phrased it. Right, right. So, yes, you were right and I was right. Okay, cool. Nice. And I learned, but better yet, we learned something. Thank you, Jill. Indeed. Okay, so to anybody there's else, my template. Listener nice Jill, by the way, is who we're talking about. Not, not our yes. some friend we know down the street. Yes. Yes, Nisila Castaway and listener. Yeah. And... Definitely are people nerdy type in the best possible way. <laughs> right. Okay, so now uh, we got our template. Yeah, and the important thing to note is our template has an ID. Because if it didn't have an ID, we would never be able to refer to it. Okay. So the idea is how we're going to reach in and grab it. So the next thing we need to do then is we need to update our show toast function so that instead of building up our toast piece by piece using jQuery, instead we grab, we... Clo- we, we clone, modify, use. So again, little mantra there. So the code to clone I said last time makes very little sense. So just copy paste it or stick it into text expander. So therefore, const dollar toast equal to a whole bunch of glop. The important point is the ID of my template appears in that pile of glop. Right. So what I'm basically doing yep. is I am creating dollar toast from that template. Yeah. So we now have a clone of the template, and the template starts off with no title and no body. So that's not a very interesting toast. Mm-hmm. It literally says nothing. So we now have to modify. So we need to inject our title, and we need to inject our message. So we're back to our friend, the dollar function. So we're saying to the dollar function, it's a two-argument version. So the second argument is dollar toast. So in other words, limit your searching to this newly cloned toast. And what are we looking for? So the first argument is what we're looking for. So we're looking for dot toast dash header space strong. So remind me again what that is. (laughs) You mean uh, what that means, what you wrote, or how you need to... Yeah, so that's a CSS selector. Right. So we start with the period. The period means... The class is toast dash header. Okay, so we want something with the class toast dash header. And then what does the space mean? And this is one I, I keep. I'm going to keep making you do this until it until becomes second someday nature. I get it right. <laughs> well, yeah, um, until it becomes second nature, right? So space means contained within. So we are looking for whatever comes next within something with the class toast header. So what comes next? Then you got to tell it where to where to look. Okay, so the next thing toast. that happens is, is the name of a tag. So. No, no, so dot, so dot oh, oh, toast dash header okay. space strong. Right. So what we are looking for is a strong tag 
inside of anything with the class toast-dash header. And then because it's the two-argument version, all of that question is inside $toast. And you're, so you, in that case, and this is something Jill spent a bunch of time trying to help me get straight, was so the space inside the CSS selector says we are looking for .toast header inside a strong tag. What we're actually tag. looking for is a strong tag. A strong tag. That is inside the That is toast inside header. the toast header. But then it says comma dollar toast. Now we're not talking CSS selector anymore. Now we're talking jQuery. So it's comma. But that comma now means look inside. Yeah. So that comma is separating the two arguments to the dollar function. Right. But it means look inside dollar toast. Comma yes, dollar toast. Whereas when you're talking CSS selectors, you use a space to mean the exact same thing. Look inside that thing. You say it's exactly the same thing, but it isn't exactly the same thing because the, the right the dollar toast in this case contains a single toast, but dollar toast is any jQuery variable, and a jQuery variable could represent five hundred paragraphs. No, but I just mean comma space or comma means look inside, and space right inside a CSS CSS selector means look inside. Like look look. They're for, very very similar, but. <laughs> quite the same this is this is exactly why i always pause when you ask me the question because a comma inside a css selector doesn't mean the same as a comma inside the jquery to uh very or to uh, right thing correct because jquery is just javascript so in javascript the comma means separate my two arguments mm-hmm. whereas in css the comma means and so P comma H1 would mean all paragraphs and all H1s. Right. But you see why I'm confused. Because the, the comma means one thing one way and one thing the other way when they're right inside that same expression. And yes, but it is JavaScript that contains a CSS selector as a string. So, yeah, you do have to, you know, all three technologies play together. So you, you got to think, am I speaking, am I speaking with, the J, with a JavaScript accent? A CSS accent or an HTML accent. Ah, no but idea I'm, what they but I'm like. doing them all within one sentence embedded inside another sentence that I'm changing. Yep, and languages. that's welcome to the web. Yeah, you you always have this trifecta of languages in your head. Yeah, you're always speaking three things at once. Anyway, at the end of the day, what we are left with is the strong tag that is inside the toast header, which is exactly where the title should go. So then we call jQueries.text function and we pass it as an argument the title which we, we are calling T, because it's this first argument to our show toast function. Right. Then we do something very similar, but much simpler for the toast body, because in the case of the toast body, we don't need to reach into the strong tag inside anything. We just want the toast body. So that's just dot toast body. Much easier. Yep. So we've now injected our two pieces of text. So we now need to take our toast and shove it in what we call our toast rack. So we use our friend the dollar function to get to octosorp toast underscore rack, which is obviously the ID toast rack. We call the append function and we pass it in the toast. So we're sticking the toast into the toast rack. Right. Then we then we turn this piece of HTML into an actual toast by calling the toast plugin. So dollar toast dot toast auto hide colon false. Uh, and at that point, we want to add an event handler, which automatically deletes the toast once it hides. So we say $toast.onHidden.BS.toast, because Bootstrap calls everything BS. Which I can't look at, I can't read it without chuckling to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just $this.remove. We just basically remove ourselves from the DOM as soon as we're hidden. And then we show the toast, $toast.show. 
sorry, dollartoast.toastshow. Right. And that was actually it. Right. So actually all we had to do was change how we made the toast. Everything else is actually exactly as it was before. Now, this was fairly intuitive to me. Of course, I managed to break through the syntax wrong and had to have Dorothy bail me out. But uh, I did want to bring up one thing that I, I've told Bart and uh, just to make sure he can't sleep at night. You remember when we talked about the toast before, one of my questions for the audience, and no one has answered yet, is why can't we close our toasts with the little X close button that we put in them? And yeah, when I did it this, should work according to the docs. Yeah. And when I did it with uh, using um, uh, templates, they do close when you click on the little X. So I would like to know why. Maybe I found another bug. Or the same bug. We now know a little bit more about it if it is a bug. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to. Do no, no, some there more was another bug I found before, but yeah, but no, it works when you do it with temp uh, when you do it with templates. But uh, anyway, that was huh. fun. So nobody knows the answer yet. Nope, and neither do I yet, <laughs> if ever. Okay. So with that, let us move into some new stuff. So as I've already teased you, the HTML5 template tag makes what are effectively chunks of HTML. So from the browser's brain point of view, whatever you make with that template tag is a chunk of DOM. It's a bunch of objects in the browser's memory that is, you know, one object for every HTML tag. So it's as if it's a piece of the HTML document that's just torn off. We're moving out of that world and we're moving into the world of string in, string out. And that string could contain anything. For our purposes today, that string will happen to contain HTML, but they're just characters, right? The mustache doesn't understand what a tag is. It has no idea what a tag is. It just sees text in and it makes text out. So we are just text manipulation is all that's going on here. Nothing more fancy than that. Does that make sense? I'm hoping it'll make more as you go on. I am a little distracted. You're calling these tags, template tags, and I'm pretty sure they're this. that's an element, right? Template is an element, not a tag. Uh, well, when I call them elements, Jill shouts at me and tells me to call them tags. No, so now I don't she know what to call them. Because she told me that I was supposed to, uh, she wanted me to join the fight to remind you to call them elements. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> now I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> okay. When you're writing it in a text file, it's a tag. Inside the browser's brain, it's an element. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so as you're writing it, you're using a tag to express your meaning, but the browser interprets that tag and turns it into its internal representation of that expression oh. is the element. Okay, that's too hard. Phenotype and whatever the other one is in biology that I can't remember. Genotype and phenotype. Oh, dear. Actually, that's the perfect example. The tag is the genotype, and the actual produced thing from that genotype is a phenotype. I I should, I'm not going to pretend I understand biology. Let's let's back out of this one quickly. Okay, right. My brother is literally a PhD biologist. He's Dr. Bouchotts and he's a biologist. So if he hears this, I'm going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, so keeping going. So, so it's a, we're, HTML is just a string to these templates. Yes. To mustache. So, so mustache doesn't understand that angle bracket P angle bracket is anything other than an angle bracket followed by the letter P followed by an angle bracket. Mustache doesn't care or know or in any way it's just I have some characters that come in, I apply some rules, and I have some characters I spit out, which is why you can use mustache to create email messages, to create error messages for log files, to create HTML, to create JSON files. You can use mustache templates to create anything that is made up of characters of text. Hmm. Okay. 
So it's it's a text processor. Uh, there are more different templating engines than you can shake a stick at. Mustache is just the one I like. That doesn't mean it's better in any sort of objective way. It's just the one that gels with my sensibilities. And there's a couple of reasons it gels with my sensibilities. The first of those is that the syntax is simple to write. And I find it easy to read because it's just it's just curly braces all over the place. Um, curly braces the other reason all the way I love down. it, curly braces all the way down. Another reason I love it is that it is cross-platform, uh-huh. so I can use the same templates in lots of different parts of a larger project. Like you can see the full list of every supported language at mustache.github.io. And I encourage you to click on it and just have a look. Like, mustache is all over the bloody place. But it, you know, important ones to call out are all the modern hip languages like Ruby, Python, PHP, Perl, Swift, Objective-C, C, C++, Java, C Sharp, I'm sure is in there. Why didn't I call that out? I mean, if you can think of it as a modern language, it's in that list. I mean, even fancy pants stuff like Rust and, oh, Swift is in there. And if you want to get old-fashioned, common lisp. Oh, wow. Oh, Cold Fusion that we were joking about yesterday. Ah. <laughs> Action script. I mean, it's all there. Like, I mean, it is just all over the place. And so with my work hat on, I need PHP, I need Perl, and I need JavaScript. Ding, ding, ding. You know, so basically the same templates work everywhere I need. Anyway, it doesn't actually matter whether you're using mustache or not. The big picture is still the same. String plus data in, string out. So let's get stuck in with, with mustache. Having... Having agreed that it's an arbitrary choice, but since I'm running this series, my arbitrary choice wins. Because uh, I know people are going to be going, but actually, Bart, you should be using blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, you can. I'm Wait, somebody's going to argue with you on the internet? I know. Weird, that, isn't it? Uh, actually, and I should say, there's another reason I like mustaches, because it's it's what we call lightweight in programming world. It's not complicated. It doesn't have bells or whistles. It's just... Sort of like the menu bar app of templating engines. Hmm. And if you need to do really, really complicated things, that's a bad thing. But 99% of the time, you're not actually trying to do anything really, really complicated. So what you actually want is something that's quick to load, quick to execute, that just does its job nicely. And that's mustache. Okay. So as we will learn later, sometime in the arbitrary future, normally, if you're using Mustache, you're actually going to get it using some sort of JavaScript package manager, like something called NPM that we haven't met yet, but we will become very good friends with later. But for now, we're not going to do that because then I'd have to teach you NPM. So instead, we are going to use a script tag and a content delivery network to go and suck in the Mustache code from the internets. All right. We're used there, to those. There is no... Of- There is no official Mustache CDN, but there are lots of reputable open source CDNs for all the popular JavaScript libraries. And one of them is called CDNJS. And so they host a copy of Mustache. Um, So you can see the script tag there in the show notes. That's the currently correct one. The most important thing is below that, it says you can use this link to get the latest version in the future. (laughs) So that CDNS dot com forward slash libraries forward slash mustache dot js that will always take you to a page where you can get the then most recent mustache now i always used to like just grabbing whatever one you just put in but i found that didn't always work so yeah we got to grab the latest one every time yes okay okay so the script tag above as of today will load the mustache api and it will put it into a globally 
a globally scoped variable with the name mustache with a capital M spelled M-U-S-T-A-C-H-E. So that is our portal into the world of mustache. And as far as we're concerned, the entire API boils down to a single function, mm. dot .render, mm. which turns template plus data into a string. So the function, shock, okay. yeah. and the function takes at least two arguments. We'll learn next time that you can optionally throw the third argument, but we're going to ignore that for today because it's not, it's entirely optional. So it takes as a first argument, the template as a string, and as a second argument, something which in mustache speak is called a view. It is just data. It is an object. It is the simplest type of object. It is a collection of name value pairs, as Jill would have me call it, it is a dictionary. Okay. So it's just, you know, boogers, colon, snot. Right, it's name value pairs. Okay. And that's it. We call that function, we give it the template, we give it the view, and out will come a string. So let's see it in action. Um, If you will do me a favor, Alison, and open in your favorite either browser or code runner, um, editor of choice, pbs73a.html. Alrighty, I'm and there. And then I, I would like you then to open up the console, the JavaScript console, which you can get in your browser the usual way, or in code runner, you can get it by clicking. There's a little button just above the bit where the code executes. Um, there is? I'm not describing that very well. Uh, let me get code runner here in front of me. So if you the, click the, the console here and I didn't know it was there. So if you hit the play button and you get the HTML preview, mm-hmm. there's like a black bar between where your code is and where the preview is. Yes. And in the right-hand side of that, there's three icons. Right. Uh, one of them is to have the console as a standalone window. The other one is to have the console underneath. And the other one is to have the console on the side. Oh, look at that. Okay. Dead handy. Okay. Now, the reason I've asked you to do it here is because this file has that script tag. So this file has mustache available to you which you can prove to yourself by typing mustache with a capital M. And when you hit it, I can't it spell says mustache, sol- can I? Am I supposed to hit enter? And it tells me the version yeah. number. Okay. Okay, I just can't type then. <laughs> it worked for me. It says it's version 3.0.1. Oh, no, no, I, yeah, it did, yeah I, I'm in the wrong file. <laughs> <laughs> so having told you to open the right file, I opened the wrong file. Okay. Yeah, okay, good. So, yeah, so if you do that and it doesn't say variable not found, there we go. Okay, good. That means you have the mustache API loaded. So we could now use it. So we have a simple example. So the first thing we need is a template that we're going to use. So const greeting TPL equals hi there, curly brace, curly brace, name, curly brace, curly brace, the curly brace, curly brace, nationality, curly brace, curly brace, exclamation point. So that's our template. For now, just take it on faith. We will explain all momentarily. But it is just a string with some funny characters in it. Then we have const person view equals, and we are creating an object with two keys. One named name with the value Bart, and one named nationality with the value Belgian. Yes? Yes. So if we paste that into our console, uh, so you've pasted the first line in and then paste this next line in. Oh, I'm supposed to be pasting each one of these lines in? Okay. All right. Um, so now your console knows about those two variables. So now we can console.log the mustache.render function. So it's mustache.render, and we pass it in two arguments, the template and the view. Hang on. Uh, can't create duplicate variable person view. 
That means you've already copied no, and pasted it. No, I only it. pasted it once. Uh, that file may actually contain that variable, now that I think about it. It does. Yeah, it does contain that variable, so you can just have it from... Okay. You have it for free. You don't have to do, you're not going to create it. It's just there for free. Okay. And we think it's the same. And then if I say console.log mustache.render. So, mm-hmm. And then it takes two arguments, the template and the view. So our string and our object. We hit enter and it should log. Hi there, Bart the Belgian. It does. So it has combined the data in the view with the template to produce the output. I guess what I'm getting hung up on is how do I know what's data and what's a view other than the fact that you named them like person. Uh, the second argument is the view. Whatever you pass as the second argument will be interpreted as the view. Whatever you pass as the first argument will be interpreted as the template. Okay. If you pass it garbage, you will get back garbage. <laughs> okay. So it's just, just the rule. First argument needs to be a string. Second argument needs to be an object. Okay. So if, so if I hadn't put any curly bra- double curly braces in the first constant, uh, mm-hmm. that was the art. I forget what the first argument's called. The, the template. The template. Uh, it just they, wouldn't have done anything. It would have. It would have given you back exactly what you put in unchanged. Oh, okay. So basically, the curly braces, the pairs of curly braces, define placeholders, and the placeholders are filled in from the view. Okay. So in this case, we're using two placeholders, name and nationality. And you'll see that our view contains two placeholders, name and nationality. And so it simply puts the data into the placeholder. Right. So in a real world scenario, you wouldn't be hard coding in the values. It might say the name equals wherever the current value of this text box over here is. But in this case, we're keeping it simple. It's just... You know, ultimately, it's just an object, right? Just a name-value pair. It doesn't matter where the value came from. Okay. I sense, I sense I'm losing you. Uh, I well, I, I just... Something. It doesn't feel like anything yet. It's... it's. I see... Well, I hear you, and, and I think I understand. Yeah, so, I mean, it isn't... If you're thinking this needs to be complicated... <laughs> Maybe that's it. It doesn't. <laughs> right? It's... A template is a, is a string with placeholders, and the view is some data to match the placeholder. So really, it's a mail merge. Ah, there we go. Okay. Template is a string A mail merge is a perfect example of a template. It's okay. data that gets mushed into a template. Yeah, okay. so it's a mail merge. Think of it as a mail merge. Sweet. And so, I should have thought to think of an Excel-y sort of thing. Well, no, no, no. Like a mail merge, I can do that. Where you've got a, a template that you say, dear blank, you know, dear name. Yeah. Exactly. Of company, yes. company name, and then mail merge. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So in this case, there's two placeholders, name and nationality, and the view contains name and nationality. Now, the view could contain 20 million more things, and Mustache won't care. Okay. You can, so basically, you could have an object that says everything about me, and then the template only cares about my name and nothing else. Okay. Mustache won't care. As long as it can find what it needs in the view, it'll be happy. And if it can't find what it needs, it won't complain. It'll just leave it empty. Okay. So, you know, if it didn't find the nationality, it wouldn't throw an error. It wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get all cranky. you just say, yeah, it'd just leave it blank. So it'd say, hi there, Bart, the exclamation point. <laughs> okay. But it won't give an error. It'll just, okay, we'll have nothing here. Fair enough. And that's really all that's going on. So you, the reason it's called mustache is because it's full of these double curly braces, 
right? So we wrap the thing we want to inject into our template inside open curly brace, open curly brace, the name of the placeholder, close curly brace, close curly brace. Okay. And I and many others refer to that sort of shape of tag as a mustache. Okay. So I would say that we put name in a mustache and we put nationality in a mustache. Okay. And that will make it much easier to read the show notes. <laughs> All right. We will allow it. So it's kind of straightforward. Now, mustache, although you can use it for anything, it is web first. So by default, without you having to do anything special, it will automatically translate special characters into the HTML equivalent. Oh. So, yeah. So if you put in an, if so, if you had an ampersand in the data, say, like, say, in the next example down below. Mm-hmm. So let's say, so you copy paste again. So const motto TPL, and you have to copy this one because this one definitely doesn't exist. So const motto TPL equals name. Okay. Um, As mustache oh. name says mustache motto. Yeah. So now const person view, this is going to cause us trouble because person view is a variable that exists. Mm. Sugar. So call it person view two. I'll okay. have to update the show notes. Um, so call up person view two and then update the line where we call it. So in this case, we have two two placeholders, name again, and then motto. And motto contains the ampersand character, which is a special character in HTML. It needs to be in, in HTML. It should be ampersand AMP semicolon. But we don't have to worry about that because mustache do it all for us. Well, that's cool. Why is it? it uh, so, sorry, it barfed on me when I said const per, person view two. Oh, Maybe I wasn't allowed to do that the way I did it. Let me just see if typo. I was... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. One moment, please. No, no. It, there is a typo, but it's not yours. It's mine. Is it on a It's, it's... on a closing squirrely brace? See line four there, which has uh, a semicolon shoved into the middle of an object definition? Yes. Make that go away, because that's garbage. Okay. that's. I was looking at that going, that didn't quite look right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's absolute garbage is what that is. Okay, so that made sense. And now console.log, and we got to change it to person view two. So our console.log mustache.render, our, our motto TPL, and our person view two as the second argument. Mm-hmm. And it says, as Bart says, live ampersand semicolon learn. Yeah. Which is what you so actually want automatic- it to be, right? Exactly. So it has automatically translated the special character. So when you're dealing with your data, your data could be coming from anywhere, right? In the real world, it may be coming out of a database or something. It's not going to be stored pre-HTML escaped. So, you know, if you're not using something like Mustache, you have to worry about escaping it. But Mustache will just escape it for you. Right. So you wrote the above will log and you didn't put in the ampersand. I I did, but it got interpreted by WordPress. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, WordPress being too clever by half there. I need to figure out how to make WordPress more silly. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So 99% of the time, this is good. But if you're not, if you want to use a WordPress template, maybe somewhere where you don't want it escaped, which may be in an email or it may be in a log file or something, you can tell WordPress not to bother escaping very, very easily. Put in an extra curly brace. So if we do const unescaped motto TPL equals as 
open brace, open brace, open brace name, oh, close brace, close brace, close brace says, and then our motto is again with three braces. Then when we render it, it will come out with the ampersand left alone. Oh. Why, uh, so triple, yeah. triple mustache means no escaping. That's interesting. So give it, yeah. And I actually use that a lot in the real world because, I, I, like I say, I will use mustache to write entries for log files that are sent via syslog and stuff. And syslog doesn't want HTML glop in it. Syslog wants the real information in it. So I just use triple, I, I use a lot of triple, triple braces with my, with my work hat on. Okay. But for us, it's going to be double braces most of the time. Now, the next thing we need to worry about is storing our templates, right? So these strings, we need to store them. So for little dumb examples like these, we can just say const name of variable equals, and then we just define a string, right? But if if I'm writing the template for a toast, I don't want to have to do it as a JavaScript string like this. I mean, imagine, you know, trying to put the whole toast onto one line like that. That's not more maintainable. That actually would make the jQuery code look friendly. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. With our HTML tags, we had a very nice solution to this because we were just writing HTML inside the template tag. Right. We need something equivalent for mustache. Now, we actually have two options, one of which is for next time. So we can actually load the template from a completely separate file using something called Ajax. And I have been dying to find an excuse to teach you Ajax for months and months and months now. Okay. So I'm going to use Mustache as our excuse to finally learn about Ajax, but not today. Okay. Today, that would be too much new today. You're such a tease. So today we're going to learn the Mustache equivalent of the template tag from last time. So the effect is going to look amazingly similar. We're going to have in our code a tag and then the content of our template just typed into it, multi-line, as many lines as you like, as if we were typing regular HTML. Okay. And therefore, it will be very easy to write long templates. Okay. And the way we're going to do it is with a tag you're not going to expect, the script tag. Okay. So if you read the specification for the script tag, you will discover that if you give it a MIME type that is not one of the supported scripting languages... The docs tell the browser not to show it and not to run it. Huh. But it still exists in the DOM. Oh. So what we do is we make a script tag, we give it a MIME type that is not text slash JavaScript, and there's two schools of thought here, two highly held religious views with very little basis in fact. (laughs) One approach is to be honest in the MIME type, and write text slash HTML if you're doing an HTML template, or text slash plain if you're doing a plain text template. The other approach is to make up any name you like prefixed with X minus, which is sort of the... If you're making up your own MIME type, you're supposed to prefix it with X minus. So sort of like X for extension, I guess. Okay. One you will see used in a lot of people's examples online is X dash TMPL dash mustache. I am just going with the honest approach. I'm just I'm going to use type equals text slash HTML. Okay. Doesn't matter what you do. 
you have to basically, you have to do two things. Script tag with a MIME type that is not text slash JavaScript, and it has to have an ID for exactly the same reason as we had to do with the template tag. We have to be able to access it. So a script tag with a MIME type of, in our case, text slash HTML with an ID. And then we're away. Then we just write our template text inside that tag and mm. all will be well. Okay. We then access it in a much more straightforward manner than last week's shenanigans that made no sense. We get to use jQueries.html function. So we just basically say, use the dollar function to get ourselves a reference to the tag. And then we say .html and that pulls out the content. Hmm. So you can see this in action in PBS 73A, which you already have open. Um, so I want to draw your attention to the template in action. So if you just view the output of the file, it says the content below was generated using a template defined in the script tag with ID equals PBS 73 underscore TPL. And then it shows the result, which is, as Bart the Belgian would say, live and learn. Okay. Okay. So the first thing I want to draw your attention to is that inside the body of this document, you will find an empty div that has the ID PBS 73 underscore TPL underscore placeholder. This is where we're going to put the output of mustache. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was down there with all the scripts. Um, So it's line 29, if you'd like to jump to it easily. Okay, so we're inside uh, the main, we ins- and we're inside the body, so we can do the template, right? Okay, okay. But there is no template tag, remember? Oh, so we don't care about that. We put it in any old place? Yeah. Right, but I'm not talking about the template yet. I'm just saying this is, I'm just walking you through the code to say this is where the output is going to appear, right? This is just an empty placeholder where we're going to have our output shoved in. It's just a div with an ID. So you'll see the way, if you view the page, you have the paragraph, the content below was generated using. So you'll Mm -hmm. see that that's above you on line 27. Right. And then in the code, where you see, as Bart the Belgian would say, in the code, all you see is div id equals pbs73 underscore tpl underscore placeholder. That does what it says in the tin. That's a placeholder into which is going to be injected by some JavaScript we haven't written yet. The result of our template. So I just want to say, this is where it's going. That's all we've done so far. Okay. The next thing I we fin- actually I want to do... I finally caught on. I, I've, I've been tangled up with the content below was generated with the template to find it. I was thinking that was the template. That's just you writing some text. That is literally me just writing some okay. text that you then see in the output page. Okay. Yes. So you've got div ID equals and you've got your, your ID that you're going to shove stuff into. Correct. Okay. So nothing fancy here at all. Okay. The next thing to do is to define the template. And we are using a script tag. So you will find it at the bottom of the document on line 59. Mm-hmm. Script type equals text slash HTML ID equals PBS 73 underscore TPL. And then we just write our string without any sort of, you know, funniness. We just put the text we want to be your template. We just write it. Without so any funniness, P- you've, got two, you've got mustaches all over the place. That's funniness, Mark. Uh, Okay, well, okay, it's it's mustache text, right? It's okay. a mustache string. So we just write our template, and that could be 500 lines long. We don't have to worry about slash n for new line characters. We just type as if it was any other piece of HTML. We just, just type it. Okay. So there's our template defined. So the last thing is our JavaScript to read the template and stick it into the placeholder. So you will find a document ready function that starts on line 52. Right. And that document ready function has the wonderfully helpful comment, render the template, and then it has a piece of code we're going to dissect together. Okay. 
in the real world, you're going to do this as one single line of code, which is what you see in front of you here. But mm-hmm. I am going to, in the show notes, I break that apart into three distinct lines that tell you what it's doing piece by piece. Oh, okay. So the first, so the first, so if we jump away from PBS73 into the show notes now, and so the first thing it says, get the template string from the script tag. So we say const tpl string becomes equal to, and we use the dollar function, and the argument we pass it is octosorp, or pound sign, or whatever we're calling it, hash, pbs73 underscore tpl. So get me the thing with the ID pbs73 underscore tpl. Oh, look, that's our script tag. And then we call jQueries.html function on that. And I don't remember says, what that does. Basically, everything, in, everything between line 59 and line 61, so everything inside the tag is returned by the HTML function. It just returns you the content okay, of the script. I don't tag. want to talk specifics of what line numbers it is. I, I, you, okay. you said find this ID and just mm-hmm. give me the HTML? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so right. whatever that tag is and whatever HTML document you have, .html just gives you the HTML. Okay. So it gives you everything inside the tag. So in our case, everything inside the tag is our template. Okay. So there we go. That's it. So instead of all that weirdo glop we had to use last week to get at the template, we have our template in one very simple line. I, I think you'll agree that's a simple line. Well, it's a simple line, but I don't understand it yet. So I'm hoping as you go through the okay. three of these, it'll mean something to me. Okay, great. Oh, okay. Open the terminal. Okay. Not the terminal, your console, and just paste in that line. And it should just print you out our string. Okay. So all it's doing is it's reading the string from the script tag. It says undefined. Okay, so now type console.log tpl string. Syntax error. Oh, you gotta you gotta be able to remember how to write strings. Ah, TPL string. There we go. Now it's nope. Console dot log open parentheses quote TPL string unquote. No, no, not quote. Just just the name of the variable. We don't want that. If you quote it, then you're actually going to write the letter T. Okay, that's what it did. Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay, and there's our HTML. All right. Gotcha. So we have successfully extracted the HTML from the script tag. So that's actually the weirdo hackery done, right? At this point in time, we're, we're back to sort of where we're used to being, right? Mm-hmm. So then we can say the template output is mustache.render, our template string, TPL string, and then our person view, which just exists as a variable in this page. Oh, okay. So, and then we just take that output and we shove it into our placeholder. So so hang on. Um, so the the person view is defined inside the javascript yes why because yes. it wouldn't ex- okay because otherwise it wouldn't yeah, exist yeah, yeah yeah okay okay we just didn't walk through that okay gotcha um, and it's exactly the same as what we've been using previously uh, and then we just at that stage we actually have our html right so we so have mustache.render again right constant tpl output equals mustache.render parentheses tpl string comma person view that just now that's just a string yeah, so if you don't believe me, you can console.log it, and then you'll see that it's just a string, but it is the result of applying our template. So it should, instead of having the, the mustaches, it should have the actual content yes. of our view. That, that makes sense. Okay, I'm with you on that one. So now we have the output 
all we have to do is shove it into our placeholder, but that that's just jQuery, right? There's nothing mustache left to do anymore. The mustache is all done. We just have a string now. So we use our dollar function to get our, pl- our placeholder. So dollar passes the string octosorp pbs73 underscore tpl underscore placeholder. We call the HTML function, but this time we give it an argument. So if you call HTML with no arguments, it says, Get. give me what's inside the tag. And if we call it with an argument, it's the opposite. It's Putting shove it. this into you, into yourself, please. Right. Get and set. Get and set. So we're setting the, the HTML for the placeholder to be whatever mustache spat out. Okay. And lo and behold, it's the result of our template. So we have done... That one line of code, that's line um, 54 in the file, does those three steps in one. Okay, so we don't have any of these constants created. Exactly. So if you look at the code, it says, first thing we did was we could use the dollar function to get our hands on the placeholder. Through, and then we call its it ID, HTML function. Right. Through its ID. Right. And then we call the HTML function. And what do we pass into the HTML function? We pass into the HTML function mustache.render something comma person view what's the something oh we call the dollar function again this time we give it the idea of our template with dot html so we're saying stick into the placeholder the result of calling render on the template with the view i will have to spend some quality time looking at that and seeing that that's the same thing as what you broke down i I believe you i think it is but i gotta think i gotta think it through you do. The thing is, the pattern is, well, the pattern is going to be the same every time. <laughs> well, what bothers me is, is so use the jQuery function to get the placeholder, which is uh, we do by ID. We call mm-hmm. on that, the HTML function. And now instead of having it be open, close parentheses, so we're getting it, we aren't getting it, we're setting it. Correct. So we never got it. Not yet. So we're saying we want to set the content of this div to okay. the result of calling mustache. So the first, so the, the thing in there is a call to mustache. Okay, so you're going to do mustache.render. And then... Well, now, but now, so now you're left with the question, what? Can I, can what am I mustaching? Got to read through it. Sorry. I'm going to start over because if I lose track halfway through, I'm lost again. So okay. we're starting with the jQuery function. We're going to access the placeholder by its ID. Then we're going to, mm-hmm. on that, we're going to call the HTML function, but we aren't going to get what's in the placeholder because there's nothing in the placeholder. So we're going to yes. set it to mustache.render and we have to tell it what to render and what we mm-hmm. want it to render. We're going to call with the dollar function again to get the, the first argument, which is what's in our template. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the HTML that's in our template. Mm-hmm. So that's why we call on that on that ID, we call .html, open, close parentheses, because we're now getting that, shoving it mm-hmm. in as the first argument, and the second argument is person view. Okay, I think I got yeah. there. Wow. But I can't do that tomorrow. But, I mean, there's no reason you can't write it as three lines, right? For yeah. as long as it makes sense to you to write the three lines out, write the three lines out. Write the three lines until you got it and then get tired and want to write it in a more efficient way, right? That's it, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I do it a lot. Like, okay. You can always tell early BART code on a new technology because it has way more variables than it needs. <laughs> and then when BART gets comfortable, the variables start to vanish. Okay. Okay. Perfectly normal. So that's... That is the mechanism we are going to use for doing mustache templates. 
a script with the type text HTML with an ID. And then we just use jQuery to push and pull HTML around. And we shove it through the mustache.render function. Okay. That's really all there is to it. So now let's actually look at some mustache. So from now on, until we finish up today, we're going to be using pbs73b.html. Okay. And this is a bit more realistic of a file. Our view has way more data in it. So before we look at our examples, let's look at our view. Now, I haven't called it view because in the real world, it's probably not going to be called view. In the real world, your variable is going to be called after whatever it is you want to actually represent. So my view, I'm going to have two views because a template is generally speaking used more than once. So I have an object that represents me and I have an object that represents you. So there are two views. I, I, I need you to slow down for a second. I'm I sorry. I didn't, I didn't have, I, I had it open, but I had it in a different application. So I've got it open. Um, I, I'm, I hate to do this part, but I'm, I'm not entirely, I understand this is like a mail merge now and we're taking HTML yes. and shoving it around. I got that. I just don't know why we would ever want, need to do this. Toasts. Okay. I know how um, to make toasts. <laughs> right, but you know how to make okay, but you know how to make toast the jQuery way that was horrible. You know how to make toast the HTML5 way, but as we as we will learn, that's kind of limited because you can't do stuff like loops and conditionals that way. Oh, and loops right, and conditionals right. are really important. Right, 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 right. Okay. So we're going to be able to take pieces of data and represent them in HTML. Okay. So imagine say someone was a podcaster who had a WordPress blog. And on the front of it, they had a row of icons representing all of their podcasts. <laughs> okay. Imagine, hypothetically. Okay. Well, the way that that would be done with a template would be that you would have a data structure somewhere. Maybe it came from a database query that just has the name of each podcast. So it might have, it might just be an array of objects, you know, podcast one name equals chit chat across the pond, URL equals whatever, logo equals some file, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Piece of data. Next element in the array is chit chat across the pond light. Next element in the array yeah, is yeah. security bits. You would then have one template that says each of these will consist of, you know, mustache name of podcast close mustache ahref equals mustache URL close mustache. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah. And then you have a loop right. in your template that says stamp stamp stamp. I'm going to go to podfeet.com and make them all toasts so that as you're trying to read the content, they're just flying all up. That's what I'm going to do. Ooh, dear. <laughs> Perhaps not the best UX experience. <laughs> Fine. Okay. <laughs> so for our examples for the remainder of this installment, which is where we're going to learn to do our looping and stuff, we are going to have two views that we're going to... So we're basically going to have one template as an example and then stamp me and stamp you... So the same template is going to get stamped twice for everything. Okay. So you get to see it do different things uh, for different views. Okay. So the first view I have named Bart, and it contains a key with the word name. And then in this case, I've made it a bit more complicated. Name isn't a string. It's another object. So we have object inside objects. And name contains first colon Bart, last colon Bouchots. Pronoun, he Nationality, Belgian, motto, live and learn. Oh, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be escaped. That's a copy-paste error. I haven't found you in the show notes yet, so I can't take a screenshot. I am on line 90 is where I started. Oh, you're, oh okay. You're reading, you're not in the show notes. You're over in the, uh, okay. 
Yeah, I'm just describing our view. Okay. Right? So in, in the show notes, it says to do, insert view objects here. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> We're doing things out of order this week, but it's working. Okay. We are. Okay. So you'll see that I have, so const bark equals, mm-hmm. we're defining our view, mm-hmm. or one of our two views, name. Instead of name being a string, name is another object. So it's another object that contains first and last. Okay. Then we have pronoun, we have nationality, we have motto. Mm-hmm. We have languages, which is an array. There is a new thing we haven't seen before. So my view now contains an array. So I speak English, Dutch, Irish, and French. My French is terrible, but for this purpose, we'll say I speak French. Il neo paraqua. Yeah. Oh. yeah, look at me go. Probably more than me, actually. <laughs> you know, parlez-vous français, I'm petit, petit peu. Anyway. Um, language list is a function. Pause that for now. Okay. That's, that's getting really cool. Okay. Podcasts is an array of objects, right? So podcasts, open square bracket, start array. Inside the array, we have an object name, let's talk Apple, URL, my URL, abbreviation, LTA, close object, comma, next element in the array. Name, let's talk photography, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. And then for Alison, shock and or horror, that view object is exactly the same structure, but it contains your data and an extra key. You are one of those weirdos who use Facebook. So for you, there's also Facebook colon and then the URL to your Facebook group. Okay. Or page or whatever that thing is called. Okay. For the Nocilic cast. So that's what we're going to use as our data for our tab, for in our examples. So... I just wanted to describe the data to you before we go and look at their examples. Right, so, okay. The most obvious thing you want to do inside a template is access your data. So we've already seen that you can get at the stuff that's sort of at the top level of your view by just using its name, right? We saw that with name and motto and stuff before. It's just, you know, mustache and then the name of the thing you want. Mm-hmm. But if you have objects inside objects, how do you, how do you drill down? The answer is you use JavaScript's dot syntax. So to get at the first name, it's name dot first. So name takes you to the next object and then first inside that object gets you to Alison or Bart. So dot now has nothing to do with uh, classes. Right, because we're not writing CSS. Okay. All right. So that's how you go down. Just, you know, if you have an object inside an object, just keep putting them together so if you had an object inside an object inside an object you'd be dot you know something dot something dot something okay. so the dot just goes you down all right and so that's how we can access the first name and the last name so name dot first and name dot last the data could be a string or it could be a number or it could be a boolean no problem there um you can also reach into like fancy pants objects like say arrays so you could get the number of languages I speak by going languages.length, and that would say for me, four, and for you, one. Oh, because an array so has a dot length property. In, you didn't do that in the code, though, right? Uh, I will in the final example. Okay. I, you, I don't know where we are yet. I, at the moment, I'm just describing how we okay. access the pieces of this view, Okay. right? So name.last is how we could get at the last name. Languages.length is how we could reach the length. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and then the final thing is I told you to pause that function. So, so far we can access strings, we can access numbers, we can access booleans. You can actually ask the view to go and do some work on your behalf. So language list is a function, right? 
says function return something. So the way it works is if the thing is a function, whatever that function returns is what gets shoved into the output of mustache. And the only other piece of magic is that the entire view is available inside the function in the specially named variable that you love so much called this. Have you finished explaining language lists? Because I... Yep. Okay. I've never seen H. Let me start again. What is H join? Pardon? Okay. 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 Sorry. I haven't gone to that level of depth. (laughs) So, big picture, language list is a function. That you have created. Whatever. That's not... That we have written there. Yeah. Yeah. So, we said language list colon function. Why is it colon? Because uh, we're defining an object. So when you define an oh, object, it's still, name, colon, value. We're still an object inside this. Oh. Right. Bart and Allison are two objects, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So language list is just one of our name value. Okay, got well, it's you. one of our names. Okay. And, and the, the value, value is the function. Okay. Got you. So the value is a function instead of the value being a string. Okay. And you're saying the function is just, I'm going to return something. Correct. So whatever that function returns is what mustache will shove into the output. Okay. The only other special piece of information is that when mustache runs that function to produce the output, it will run that function without any argument. So no argument gets passed to this function. Instead, what mustache will do is it will arrange for it to be true that the variable this inside the function will, will be the entire view. Okay. So your function can access the entire view. Okay. Now, what is my function doing? What is hjoin? Right? Because you're right. You've never seen hjoin before. You're dead right about that. Because if you so scroll says, up return to... return hjoin parentheses this.languages for those listening. <laughs> yes. We have never said so that. hjoin, whatever it is, and I haven't told you what it is yet, is going to be called with the argument this.languages. In other words, for me, it's going to be the array English, Dutch, Irish, French, and for you, it's going to be the is array Is it going to be with commas or splashed all, smashed all together? What is it going to be? It's going to be an actual JavaScript array. No, but what <laughs> what's going to be splatted no, on screen when the HTML renders part? The the output of the join function is what's going to be rendered, right? No, so we are saying the re- h join function. Okay, so our our function returns the output of h join. Right. So so I haven't told you what h join does yet, so I can't answer your question yet. Okay. What's going to be splatted on screen is the output of calling h join with this dot languages. Right. And this dot languages is an array. Right. So what does h join do? H join is something I literally just. I didn't. I won't say I made it up. I defined it on line seventy-five. I said function h join. Oh. So it's a function I have created just above you on line seventy-five. Okay. Right, so we human beings, when we give a list of things, we like to put commas between them. Apart from the end, where we don't like to put a comma, we like to put an ampersand or something. Yes, that's how we human beings would express these things. Right, that's why I was distressed about the idea of them all being splatted together, Bart. Exactly, hear it so that's why this function exists. Okay. So this function, while it looks complicated, all it's doing is splatting an array together. So the first thing we say is, if whatever we were passed as the first argument, which I am calling L, is not an array, or is an array with length zero, just return the empty string. Do you believe yep. me that that's what yep. line 76 does? I can see okay. that. 
Then I'm saying, if it's an array of length exactly one, return the first element and be done. Right, so just you return don't need any L0. commas or anything. You don't need anything funny. After that, we have work to do. So we say, let ants become equal to an empty string. So we're going to build it up piece by piece. And then we have our friend, the for loop. Mm-hmm. Let i equals zero. i is less than the length of the array i plus plus. Mm-hmm. We say, if i is exactly equal to the length of the array minus one. In other words, if we're at the end, append onto the end of ants space ampersand space. If we're not at the end, are we not at the beginning? Wait, we're if not at the end. I we're is we're just short of the end. We're one short of the end. Okay, so an array of length four will be indexed from zero to three. Correct. So length minus one is actually the end. So why would you put an ampersand at the end of this list of languages? Because we haven't stuck the last element on yet. Line 85 is where we finally stick the element on. Oh, okay. This isn't for, for the listing of languages? I thought it this... is for the listing of languages, but... So you're going to have a list of languages followed by an amp- with commas between them no, followed by an ampersand? We're not. So then we must be at the end minus one. No, we're at the end, but we're going to do two things at the end. We're going to print the ampersand, and then we're going to print the last element. Oh, because I got you. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Okay. So if we're at the end, we want the ampersand. Mm-hmm. Else, if i is greater than zero, we want the comma. Mm-hmm. Not greater than or equal to zero. Only greater than. Why? Because we don't want a stupid comma on the front before the first element. Right. We don't want comma... English. We want English. And then, after that, we just say ants plus equals li. In other words, ants plus equals whatever the language is. So if you run through that, the first time at zero, we say, is zero the last element? No, it isn't. Is zero greater than zero? No, it isn't. Just print me English. Then we go through again and we say, okay, we're now at i equals one. Is one greater? Is one the last element? No, it isn't. Is one greater than zero? Yes, it is. Comma space, Dutch. We keep going through till we get to French, where it says, is three the length minus one? Yes, it is. Print me the ampersand, and then print me French. Right, right. Return ants. So basically, language list will give us the array languages in a nice human-friendly way, and that's why I called it H-join for human join. Oh, okay. I mean, we need to find it. Was it horizontal join? <laughs> okay. All right, so now we understand what that function hjoin does. So we've got language list is is the beginning of the name value pair. It's the name, and we mm-hmm. say that's going to be a function. It's going to return the results of hjoin on this dot languages. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So we now know how to use mustache to print a string or to print anything Wait, we want. We didn't do any mustache yet. This whole conversation. We're about to tie it all together. We're about to tie it all together. I've now told you everything I want to tell you. Now I can show you the example. So if you look in the output first of PBS 73B, it says demo one variables. And then it says rendered with Allison as data. And then it says Allison Sheridan is American and she produces two podcasts. No, I don't. I do a lot more English. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) I was too lazy to keep typing. (laughs) Okay. Then we see rendered with Bart as data. Bart Bouchot is Belgian and he produces two podcasts. Bart speaks English, comma Dutch, comma Irish, ampersand French. Right. So 
that is clearly the result of our pieces of data. So how did we do that? Well, let's scroll down to the bottom of the page to line number 157, and that's where my template is. Gotcha. So we have mustache name dot first. There's an example of our dot notation. Give me the name, and then inside the name I want first. Then we have space, next mustache, name dot last. Is mustache nationality. And mustache pronoun produces mustache podcast dot length. There's an example of, of reaching into an array object. Podcast dot length. Podcasts. Oh, okay. Because you listed the podcast and so it did podcast dot length. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Then on the next paragraph, still inside a template, name dot first speaks colon and then inside a mustache language list. Okay. So language list is a function, so it's actually put out there as the result of calling the function. That calls another function. Join. That calls another function to finally get its answer, which okay. is our H join of the languages. And so you'll see that the output is what we would expect it to be. Yeah. That's pretty pleasing to read and write. I think so. Okay, so the next thing, so so far everything here we could easily do using HTML templates. Now we move into whole new territory. What if there's something that may or may not be in the view? If it is in the view, I want to do one thing. And if it's not in the view, I don't want to do that thing or I want to do something else instead. Conditional. I mean, not everyone has a Facebook profile. But if there is a Facebook profile, I should show it. And if there isn't, I should do something else. That's a common use case. Okay. So how do we do conditionals in Mustache? The answer is something called a section. And a section is controlled by a variable within your view. So you have a start of section and an end of section. And so you start the section with a mustache, which is the octosorp, and then the name of the variable. And then the section continues until you have a mustache with a slash and the name of the same variable. So if our variable was called boogers, the section would start with curly bracket, curly bracket, pound sign boogers, close curly bracket, close curly bracket, and then it would end with open curly bracket, open curly bracket, slash boogers, close curly bracket, close curly bracket. Okay. It's hard to describe in English, but can you see how that looks? Yeah. And, and But what does that do again, calling the octothorpe and this variable name you've created? Everything that appears in the template between those two is now called a section. Oh, okay. And I am telling you that if boogers has the value undefined, null, false, zero, nan, or is an empty array, then that whole section will be left out from the output. Oh, interesting. That's just a fact. That is a fact. That is is part of the Bootstrap language. That is, by definition, that is how Bootstrap works. I keep forgetting we're inside Bootstrap. We're inside mustache. Not Bootstrap. Mustache? No, no, sorry. I should have... Yes, that's the word I should have said. Oh. Please rewind in your brain. Okay. That is how mustache works. Okay. Mustache, mustache, mustache. Okay, so mustache, if you put mustache. something in uh, inside mustaches with the octothorpe in front, if that variable does not exist, or if it's null, or if it's zero. zero or, yeah, okay. If it's falsy, so this, or if it's an empty array, then everything between the opening and the closing is just left out. Okay. It's just gone from the output. And inside there, you could have as many other mustaches as you like. 
And you can have another conditional, you could have another section inside a section. Okay. Inside a section, inside a section, inside a section, right? It can be sections all the way down, just like you can have an if statement inside an if statement. So that really is as straightforward as that. Now, if the value is anything other than undefined, null, false, blah, 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 or there's one other special case. If the value is a list, something completely different happens. And when I say list, I mean array. So if the value is not an array, it just prints out the section. And if the value is an array, it does something really cool we'll talk about in two minutes. Okay. So the other thing is, so that's basically a way of saying, if if buggers doesn't exist, don't do this. That's useful, right? In our example of what if I don't have a Facebook profile, well, it's useful to be able to say, you know, assert a mustache, pound sign Facebook, you know, Bart's Facebook profile is, and then mustache slash Facebook means that if I don't have a Facebook profile, that whole section just gets left out. That's very useful. But there's the opposite case of that. What should I do only if it isn't there? Okay. And we do that by replacing the octothorpe with a hat or a carrot or whatever we're calling that symbol. The thing above the six? Is it above the six on your keyboard? It is above the six on my keyboard. Yay, for once we're on the same... Okay. So basically, octothorpe is if, carrot is else. Okay. So now that we know this, we can use we can actually do a real world example using Facebook because in our two views, you have a Facebook, I do not have a Facebook. So let us look at a template that starts on line 163. Okay. We start a paragraph. And then we immediately say, mustache, octothorpe, Facebook. And then inside that mustache, so before the slash Facebook, we have, you'll find name.firsts Facebook group here. And here is an ahref equals. Now, we are inside the section Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yes? Right. The rules of mustache say that as a shortcut, you can use dot to represent the section you're currently in. So instead of typing ahref equals Facebook, I can say ahref equals dot. So hang on. So when we said Octothorpe Facebook, that's specifically calling... That is saying start a section that is controlled by the variable Facebook. And that variable Facebook exists somewhere else in this file somewhere? Was it one of the... It's in the view. Okay. If Facebook exists in the view, do then this section exists. Okay, the view and if in Facebook this case isn't, is Allison? Or it, it can be or Allison Bart, or Bart. We, okay. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so, okay, okay, that's what I was missing. Okay, so uh, Facebook is a, is a name and podfeed.com slash Facebook is the, is the value for Facebook. So yes. this, we're saying if Facebook exists, now you can just go to dot, which says that, that URL. For Correct. Facebook. Okay. So now what you'll see is you will find mustache name dot first Facebook group and then it says ahref equals the mustache dot target equals underscore blank rel equals no opener here. Close the a tag. Yeah, but you should tell people you put it in three mustaches for some reason. I put it in three because I don't want any escaping going on. This is ahref equals. I want that right. URL exactly as the URL is. I don't want anything being right. replaced. So triple mustache means no escaping, no funny business. I want it exactly as it is, please. Okay. Now, so that takes care of, if you have a Facebook page, I should link to your Facebook page. But what if I don't have a Facebook page? 
Well, the else is also a section controlled by the variable Facebook, but this time we started with the hat instead of the octosorp, which basically means only do this if there is no Facebook. Right. And it says name.first inside a mustache does not have a Facebook group. Okay. So now if we look at the output, it says demo2 rendered with Allison as data. It says you'll find Allison's Facebook group here with a link to your Facebook group. And when the same template is rendered with me, it says Bart does not have a Facebook group. Hey, you know what's if fun? Else. To go into the view for Allison and just delete the value for Facebook. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it changes to Allison does not have a Facebook group. Exactly. That I is the power so of templates. I so much better getting rid of that Facebook group. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's just Facebook. So I if, hate not the group. Go ahead. Yes. So if else, mm-hmm. we now have conditional sections. We couldn't do that with the HTML stuff we are doing last week. We can do it now. It's not complicated code. It's just octothrope to slash or hat to slash. To nice s- and simple. Wait, why do you say to slash? So oh, between the, Facebook, oh, Facebook and slash Facebook. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And between, between hat two. Facebook and slash Facebook. Right. Interesting. So there we go. Last thing for today, loops. Uh-oh. So if statements and loops. So I said to you, if the value of the thing controlling the section was an array, something magical happened. Do you want to guess what the something magical say, say is? The value of the uh, terminology is killing me okay. again this episode. I know. So, okay. So in our first example, Facebook was the variable controlling the section because mm-hmm. it's, it's Octosorp Facebook. So Facebook is in control of this section. Right. And Facebook in this case is a string. And I said to you, if Facebook was in an array, something cool would happen. Okay. The something cool is it loops. Now, Facebook is a string, so Facebook is not a good example. Languages, on the other hand, is a good example, as is podcasts. They're both arrays. Okay. So what happens when mustache meets an array like this? If you say octothorpe and then an array, mustache will run that section over and over again. Only now, everything inside the section... The view is only that element of the array. The view is only the... Okay. So, if you're looping over languages, in between octosorp languages and slash languages, the view is whatever's in the current element of the array. I, I'm still... I, I, I'm sorry to keep coming back to this, but I'm still confused at what the view is. I thought the view was Allison. Or Bart. The view is whatever you pass. Right, but you just said the view is the language. Languages is a key we define inside our views. But it isn't the view itself. Right? It's a key inside the the view. Yes. Okay, you called languages a view, and that's where I lost you. Okay. okay. So say all that again, but say it that way. Okay. <laughs> right. So if the thing you're using to control the section, in this case, languages, if that thing is an array, mm-hmm. then... Mustache goes into loop mode because okay. what else could it possibly do? You've told me I am now using this array as a section. Well, I'm going to do it multiple times then because that's what you do with an array. Now, for each time, so everything between octosorp languages and slash languages is going to happen multiple times, once for everything in that array. Okay. So between those two tags, the view is now no longer the full view object, the view 
inside there is is the current element of the array. Okay. And you can if the if the view if the array is just a simple array of strings, you can use just the variable dot to get the current string. So languages is just an array of strings. Okay. So to print out the languages, we can just use dot. So let's let's look at the output of our demo first so that we see what it's going to do. So demo three looped sections. It says, Alison speaks the following languages misspelt will be fixed before the show goes live. English. Alison produces the following podcasts. We'll look at that in a moment. Rendered with Bart as data. Bart speaks the following languages misspelt again because I copied and pasted. English, Dutch, Irish, French. And Bart produces the following podcasts. So that template is defined in our code starting on line 175. Right. So we start off with a simple paragraph. Name.first speaks the following languages. Then we start a UL tag. and Sorry, we start a UL element with a UL tag. And then later on, we close that UL. But in between, we make a section. And we control that section with languages. Yes? Yes. Now, languages this time is not a string like it was with Facebook. Languages is now an array. So what happens inside here is going to happen over and over again for everything in the array. Right. Now, languages is an array of strings. So it's the simplest kind of array possible. So that means that to access the current element, we just use dot inside a mustache. So the entire content of our section is li mustache dot slash li. So why didn't you just use your function, your fancy h function, uh, h join function? Because that would give it to me with commas and stuff. But in the real world, you often just want to iterate your way through a list, right? You just want to have like a list or a table with a column for every, right? you know, or say a row on the front page of some podcaster's homepage with a stamped, basically the same sub-template, for want of a better term, over and over again once for each podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. So you, there are reasons to want to loop. Right. Oh, by the way, you so said here you misspelled languages twice because you copied and pasted. It isn't. It isn't because of that. It's because it's in your template. No, it isn't. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. You're dead right. Yeah, it's only once it's the template. <laughs> you only did it once. Which is yeah. why you want to do it. See, you only have to fix it in one place. There you See? go. Templates, templates rule. Okay. So languages is an example of a simple list of strings, and we just access the current string with the dot. Okay. But podcasts is more complicated, right? If we look at our views, podcast is an array of objects. Right. So I said to you that if you're looping over an array of objects inside the section, the view becomes the current element. So podcasts is an array of objects. Mm -hmm. And then inside it, we have li, ahref equals the mustache URL. So it's not dot anymore. Right. Because it because wouldn't know what dot was because podcast is another array. Is an object. Or so a podcast an is an array of objects, not an array of strings. So each individual one is an object. So you have to be more specific. And we yeah. But now, when we're giving the names, it's names inside that podcast, right? So mm -hmm. it's URL, not like podcasts1.url. So it's just URL. So the right. view has become the current thing. Right, right. And name 
is not the name of the person, it's the name of the podcast, because we're now inside that podcast. Uh. An abbreviation is, again, inside that podcast. Uh. Okay. And so that gets looped. Yeah. So the first time through, it's going to say the URL for your first podcast and the name of your first podcast and the abbreviation of your first podcast. And the second time through, it's going to be the URL of your second podcast and the URL, and the name of your second podcast and the abbreviation for your second podcast. So this is nice because you can just, uh, when I add more podcasts, they just all get added in there. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if you could imagine that you had some sort of website that was querying a database for a list of all things that did something. Mm-hmm. Well, as the list of things that did something changed, the loop would just happen more or less times. Right, right. Depending right. on what your data was. Yeah. So this is, right, on the one hand, what we, what we have here in Mustache is the basics of any programming language. We can get variables, we can have conditions, and we can have loops. It's actually pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just with those three primitives. Yeah. This was a a lot to absorb, but I don't think any piece of it was all that hard. Right, Right. and the good news is 99.9% of what you do at Mustache, this is it. Okay. There's two more Mustache features I want to tell you about next time, and they're useful, but this is... If all you remember about Mustache is these three things, how to do a variable how to do a conditional and how to do a loop, that will get you out of 99.9% of problems. <laughs> and what I'm going to teach you next week will give you the advantage of having nicer solutions, but there's actually nothing you can't do oh, okay. with what you know today. So I can just sleep through class next time is what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, basically, if you want to spend the rest of your life doing things the hard way instead of the easy way, by all means. <laughs> all right. So, as I say, quite on the one hand, it's simple. On the other hand, it's not. So, there's a, yeah, so it's a lot to grasp. And yet, once you grasp it, it's actually not a lot after all. But that I don't want to underestimate the amount I'm asking you to absorb, which is why I didn't do any more. Yeah, yeah I'm, glad you, I'm glad you stopped it up there. That's good. That's pretty nifty yeah. stuff. I, I, I had trouble visualizing it at the beginning. But now I, if I knew then what I knew now, I wouldn't have been confused at the beginning at all. The thing is, I couldn't find a way of saying it without being really confusing. Right, right, it's right. It's very hard. Yeah. So I have a challenge for you. Do you want to guess? <laughs> well, I cheated. I read it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm sure you would have guessed anyway. So our timer app that we rewrote last time to use HTML5 templates, please rewrite again to use mustache. Okay. So you're going to be toasting your mustache, but that would smell horrible, so don't do that. <laughs> All right. That sounds fun. Okay. Well, that's it for today. So we have learned how to do the basics of mustache. We can make a variable appear, we can do conditionals, and we can do loops. Next time, I'm going to tell you about two more features that are pretty darn cool, actually. And then I get to tell you about Ajax. And Ajax absolutely rocks. Ajax is such an important part of the internet today. Ajax has been around a long time, right? I've heard about that for ages. It has now. Yeah, I remember remember it being modern and hip. (laughs) Back in my day. I I remember HTML3 as well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we have to look forward to. Uh, And until then, I guess this is the bit where I say, until next time, happy computing. 
Well, before I sign off, Bart is gone now, but before I sign off, I do want to correct what I said in the middle of the show when, or actually it might even have been at the beginning where I was talking about the difference between a tag and an element. And I was trying to quote Jill. I did a terrible job. I completely messed it up. Let me clarify. What she wrote was that uh, she said, this is a tag, angle bracket, P, angle bracket. She said, this is also a tag, angle bracket, slash, P, close angle bracket. This is an element. Angle bracket, P, angle bracket, hello world, angle bracket, close P, <laughs> slash P, close bracket. So when it has both sides, that's an element. When it's got the open and close of the tag, then it's an element. When it's just the tag by itself, then it's just a tag. Wanted to clear that up because I hate the idea that I was misquoting Jill and making her sound dumb when it was actually me just completely botching it up. If you learn as much from Bart each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.